is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello and a very good afternoon to everyone joining us from Sydney and around the world. And today in Wednesday's Daily Dose podcast on global economy, business and technology, we are talking about this topic of entrepreneurship education and how important it has become in today's modern era, not only for your own personal growth, but also for the societal growth in the sense that if you become an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur, you are able to contribute to the society by creating those many job opportunities and thus leading to the economic growth of the country as well. To discuss about this topic, we have got the Director of Entrepreneurship from my university only, UNSW Sydney, David Burt. And uh, what an interesting topic to discuss with you, David, today. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It's an important conversation about entrepreneurship education and great to be here. So um, as a director of entrepreneurship, you know, you must be having this co- these conversations on a day-to-day basis and you must be talking about how important entrepreneurship is, not only in UNSW, but also in Australia and around the world. So what are your general thoughts on how important this is becoming now, not only for business students, but students in general, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's an important conversation for a number of lenses, but I appreciate, you know, in terms of your audience, I imagine many students might be might be listening to to your to your um your your show, and I think when you sort of think about like why does someone um sort of want to go to a university, it's it's often because they think oh I'm going to get a much better job if I go to a university. That that's a large part of the driver. Of course, there are other things that a university education can can do for you, or education in general can can do for you. But I would suggest for the vast majority of people, they see education as a pathway to a better life. And historically, that has been about making oneself look as employable as, as possible. And so while that's still generally true that education is, is a pathway to, to a better economic outcome, given some of the trends that are happening in the world, especially around technology, the, uh, the surface area for, for jobs for university graduates is, is maybe smaller than it's been previously. And that might not be that there's less opportunities, but there's certainly more people in education. It's becoming more accessible, which is a great thing. But, you know, part of the work that we do at UNSW when it comes to this conversation around entrepreneurship education is this notion of rather than thinking about graduate employability, creating like a job-ready student, how can we create a job-creating student, if that makes sense? And so I think for those people that are interested in sort of how do we have a vibrant society, then the idea of nurturing the next generation of entrepreneurs, the people that are going to start the companies that create new jobs is a super important part of the conversation. And, you know, it's a completely different uh, frame of mindset when you are talking about a job seeker mindset to a job creator mindset, because creating jobs is something which involves a lot of risks in terms of financial risks, in terms of other kinds of risks that you might encounter during your journey. So you need to be prepared to take those risks. Um, and I think that's what is required at this point of time by a lot of people who are maybe a bit reluctant 
that whether they should become a job job creator or not or what should be the right time for me to become a job creator yeah and i think depending on one's personal circumstances we we see in the founders program at UNSW we help hundreds of people um explore this every year through through startup companies and i think it's important to emphasize that we have successful startup founders that are still university students and we have successful startup founders that are at retirement age and and everywhere in between so i think there's there's no right time in the sense that you must be x years old um i think a lot of it depends on where you're at in in life whether you're able to take that risk whether you have motivation for an idea whether you you have a good idea whether you have customers for that idea so you like yes there's there's risk but and i know the topic is is broader about entrepreneurship education but in terms of the universities orientation towards that especially at UNSW we do recognize that the university as part of its social mission has a role to play helping de-risk that choice for people because if you if you sort of think about a society wide lens on something you actually need people taking those risks to start companies and so you can think of it as like a positive externality the more people you have starting companies on average the better it's going to be for society because that's going to mean more jobs get created so some people really struggle with that notion that there's room for that almost philanthropic or social support for entrepreneurship a lot of people think why don't entrepreneurs just go raise their own money isn't that what they're what they're good at but when you sort of think about someone who's never started a company before having an idea and thinking i'm going to give this a go that person's taking a big risk and so they need education they need support and universities in general are really well placed to be that support mechanism be that ecosystem and UNSW in particular is is doing the most out of any Australian university to create that environment and and the other thing i i really want to emphasize as part of sort of an economy lens on this type of thing is just ask the question where did jobs actually come from like who creates jobs there's actually been quite a lot of research into this including by the Australian government who put out put out a report um that that said the overwhelming majority of new jobs in an economy are created by firms less than 10 years old So when you think of the big companies like in Australia at least you know Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, Woolworths on average these are job destroyers they they employ a lot of people but they get more efficient every year so if you look at the total number of people um employed by large organizations it tends to slightly go down over time mm-hmm. um whereas the the new firms uh something like you know if you look at Canva employs i don't know how many people it's probably between 1 to 2000 and you know 10 years ago that didn't exist and so that's a thousand new jobs 2000 new jobs that they've created and so this idea of if you're thinking about why should we support entrepreneurship education why should we try and nurture the next generation of entrepreneurs well you can really draw it back to this key question of where do new jobs actually come from in an economy and you can draw a a, a very sort of straight line to entrepreneurs stepping up to take that risk and start new companies that's where all the net new jobs come from yep and i think you touched based upon a very critical point david that when you are thinking about any new idea you need that frame of mind and also the environment around you which really helps you to build that idea to come up with innovative ideas at the first place that you should have the ability to come up with new ideas and that will only happen when you have some sort of free space free time where you can devote it properly and then you have somebody to mentor you 
to guide you uh, that probably you have an idea, but you don't know how to take it to the next level. And you're not sure whether this idea can become a success or not. So it's sometimes that you just need a mentor or a, or a business coach that can guide you and help you and define your business lean, uh, you know, lean canvas. And not only lean canvas, lean canvas comes at a later stage, but at least give you that confidence that whatever you are thinking is, uh, you know, will be successful at some point of time, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why, I don't know, the topic is entrepreneurship education more broadly, but, you know, personally, it's why I work at a university doing this and, and why I think universities are the best place to do this is because a university isn't just students. A university has lots of lecturers and scientists. There are a lot of alumni. And so there's a community of people there from the very early in their career to global experts. There's people with capital. There's there's people, there's scientists. And so it's it's this great mixing pot of energy and ideas and wisdom and wealth. And it's those environments where you can sort of, you have a higher probability that those mentorship relationships will form, that people have the space to come up with ideas about the future. Like universities at their heart are places that are trying to live in the future. They're trying to educate the next generation. They're trying to make the next scientific breakthrough. And so... I can't think of a better place to support people to have new ideas than a, a university. Yeah. And I think um, universities like UNSW and other universities, which are top ranked, are definitely providing that sort of an environment to the students so that even if they are pursuing different kinds of degrees, they can still cultivate their mindset in a way that they start becoming job creators. And that's why we see a lot of students now making use of um, different entrepreneurship programs in universities like UNSW Founders is one of those. UNSW Heroes program is another one of those where you can uh, work on different ideas, different set of programs. And I think these programs really contribute a lot towards building your mindset in the right direction. Um, what else do you think can be done at the university level so that the students are encouraged to uh, come and participate in these sort of programs. Yeah, one of the things that's been really fantastic to see about UNSW is it's not just people like myself that are there supporting the students to do this. Quite a lot of, I'm going to say, academics and lecturers that really haven't had much experience in entrepreneurship. They've started to really acknowledge and recognize that this is part of the skill set that graduates need as they're coming out of university. And what I mean by that is there's um, there's actually more than a hundred courses at UNSW, discrete courses across every single faculty from engineering and business and medicine and science and media and architecture. There's more than a hundred courses that have actually asked us to integrate some of our practical knowledge into their course delivery. That might look like a workshop on design thinking or lean canvas or how to pitch just so you can think of some of the basic skills that an entrepreneur needs and you can, you can teach those skills in a very practical way. And what's been great is um, the founders program at UNSW is sort of this sort of center of excellence around entrepreneurship on campus. And we run our own programs and, and we run our own courses, but what's been great to see is so many, like more than a hundred other academics have sort of invited us to, to, to deliver our content through their course and so it's once you start to see the professor of journalism or the professor of architecture thinking, you know what, 
the entrepreneurial mindset is something that all of my students need. How do I help them build this? That's where you start to see entrepreneurship education actually start to have a really big impact because even today, very few people get out of bed and think, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. They think I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be an engineer. And entrepreneurship is a career choice. And it's something where we're trying to help people understand that it's a profession. Uh, You can be a plumber. You can be an electrician. You can be a doctor. You can be an entrepreneur. There's this craft, this discipline of how you start and grow companies successfully. Um, and as you highlighted earlier, there's a lot of mentorship and almost apprenticeship uh, apprenticeship involved. And so that's where you start to see the full benefits of that sort of entrepreneurship education manifesting at university, where you have people that are teaching a course on um, science communication, building in a little bit of entrepreneurial content. So, you, so you're getting that even though you haven't chosen to study entrepreneurship because they've recognized that the skills involved can be abstracted across a lot of different uh, a lot of different things because even the people that go through our program many of them they, they come to us because they've got an idea of a company they could start but i would say 80 to 90 percent of them actually prove that that's not a good idea to start a company around and so you know, a lot of a lot of startups fail and that's often because they they don't have someone who can mentor through them through the process of actually not jumping off the cliff with a bad idea you know, we're all for supporting people to start companies, but there's sort of a, a minimum threshold of, of ev- commercial evidence you need to gather before it's sensible to start a company. And uh, we help people go through that process. And many of them decide that it's not a good enough idea for right now. And many of them go on to get jobs with Canva and Atlassian and places like that. We, we do a little bit of tracking and um, some of the, the f- sort of high potential founders, those people like, you'd be a great startup founder, but they just haven't found that idea. Um, you know, we, we keep in touch with them and they're going on to get incredible jobs at, at tech companies. Um, but they've had these foundational, highly practical experiences around building this entrepreneurial mindset, building some of these foundational skills of entrepreneurship, which mean that in the future, when they do actually hit on a valuable idea and, and they're ready to start their company, they're in a much better place to, to be set up to do that well, because they've had some of this foundational entrepreneurship education at UNSW. Yep. And I think also uh, taking it to the next level, it's not only about the entrepreneurship education that a university is providing, but also it links to the fact that what kind of facilities the government is providing in a particular state or country in terms of when those entrepreneurs develop those skills and come out of the university, what kind of skills, you know, what kind of facilities and infrastructure the government has set up to nurture those entrepreneurs. Like in Sydney, we know there are a lot of spaces like fish burners is one of those spaces where thousands of startups are working on the same floor. I work in one of the startups there. And this is another one of my projects that I've started called the Ultimate Global Podcast. So there are so many free spaces, shared spaces government provides. And how do you see in the near future the role of the government in helping these entrepreneurs grow their idea beyond the university level and then taking it to a bigger level after the, they graduate from the university. Yeah, so the government sector has a critical role to play in supporting entrepreneurship and especially early stage companies. What I find quite interesting is a lot of people will recognize the strength of somewhere like Silicon Valley. And what's important to recognize is Silicon Valley exists because of the US government. The Silicon Valley um, sort of foundational firms with semiconductors, you know, computer chips, 
Um, and that's really a dividend of US defense policy. Uh, so if you go back to the Cold War, there's about a trillion dollars of Department of Defense spending in high-tech firms um, around the, the Palo Alto, Silicon Valley area that really gave birth to that entire ecosystem. And the Facebooks and the Googles came along um, you know, decades later. And so when you think about the, the role that government plays, government spending, government in Australia is the largest employer um, and it's the largest procure. It buys the most goods and services of every of any entity. And so how it directs its dollars is actually quite influential on the startup sector. And so there's a couple of really specific things there. You've highlighted one, subsidizing space, giving people places to congregate so they don't have to pay market rent. You know, real estate in Sydney and Australia is, is incredibly expensive, Sydney in particular. And so there's a really foundational role of government to sort of subsidize the places that they can congregate in. Um, but the best thing you can do for a startup is be its customer. And so where you see government starting to have procurement policies that, that champion innovative firms, we've seen this at the federal government level through things like the Defence Innovation Hub, um, where they're actually um, almost buying development. If you think about research and development R&D, they're almost buying development products from, from innovative companies. Um, you're seeing this at state government level. There's a fantastic program called the SBIR program, which is Small Business Innovation and Research. So that's a New South Wales government actually giving money to startups and they've deliberately restricted it to, to small companies um, that they think can come up with sort of the next generation of products for some of their really interesting use cases um, that they can't buy buy a product off the shelf for at the moment. So things like hyperlocal navigation, how do you how do you help a blind person navigate a train station uh, effectively? How do you count koalas? That's something that's a little topical at the moment in New South Wales, um, making sure that koalas don't go extinct. Well, we need good um, tools that help us you know, really accurately monitor the koala population. There's actually um, not that many things you can buy off the shelf to monitor koalas. So government has a key role to play in, in actually purchasing services from startups. Um, and then the, the last thing they can do is, is giving grants. And that's where something like the Accelerating Commercialization Program from, from the federal government, the Department of Industry, is really helpful. If, if you're struggling to raise venture capital, um, but you can demonstrate a, a threshold level of commercial evidence, then the federal government will match whatever money you're able to raise dollar for dollar. And that's a grant. So if you go out and raise $500,000 for a, a, a project that has high commercial potential, the government will match that and give you, give you $500,000 as well. And, and that gives you a million dollars to try and get your commercialization going. So the government sector actually has a huge role to play. Um, and it's if you sort of it, it's in, un, in other ecosystems like the US, it's a little hidden. But if you scratch the surface, it's there as well. Yep, and you touched base upon so many important points there, starting from the fact that uh, the inception of Silicon Valley was something which everybody would love to study and would love to replicate in their own countries. Um, some of them have been done in different ways across countries. Um, I, I can see a few places in Sydney also replicating a bits of it. Um, and NSW government has been contributing to that. Um, what can be the other ways you think that as a startup owner, you might be requiring in the initial phase from the sub we have already talked about the support from the government. What else can the startup owner be looking at? Because I'm just uh, you know, curious about various owners and entrepreneurs who might be listening to us and would love to know some additional points in addition to the government support and also the university support. 
Yeah, I mean, the topic we're talking about is is entrepreneurship education. And I think what's interesting is there is a lot of content out there that that entrepreneurs can can leverage off. So I think part of the challenge is just understanding what the right question is. And that's a lot of what we focus on in the UNSW Founders Program when we're trying to educate early stage entrepreneurs is not so much, here's everything you need to know about how to build a startup company. Um, one, because it's not possible to actually articulate that well because the half-life of startup knowledge is actually quite short. And what I mean by that is the playbook that you use to build Facebook isn't relevant today. The playbook, because it's just it's so much more competitive. Um, so what the strategies one would use to grow a, a high-tech you know, um, or high-growth startup firm 10 years ago don't matter now. Um, you know, so, so it's really just thinking through the knowledge of how you actually build a company is, is, is incredibly short-lived. And so it's why when we sort of are trying to educate the future entrepreneurs, it's about equipping them to ask the right questions. And if they can ask the right questions and then they can go and sort of search for answers. And when you sort of think about some of the, some of the early parts of the entrepreneurship journey, there's a lot of content out there for free uh, on the internet, which is, which is really well done. A lot of the venture capital firms have great content marketing machines around this sort of knowledge. So first round uh, is a venture capital firm out of the US. The first round review is a really rich source of insights. Um, mm. And they, you know, they interview real founders in their portfolio and, and, and sort of package up those insights in really long form articles. Um, and there's some fantastic startup knowledge in there. I would, I would suggest if you benchmarked a lot of entrepreneurship education that's actually sold as a product, um, a lot of what someone like First Round is putting out is actually a lot better. Um, and so when you sort of think about anyone who's a startup owner or a small business owner who's, who's listening to this, if you can ask the right question, then you can probably find the content for free. Or if you're in a program like UNSW Founders, we'll be able to help you actually meet someone who's a mentor who, who might be able to help point you in the right direction or, or disclose some of that knowledge to you. You know, another, one, of a, one of the startups that we've seen emerge from UNSW is called Kintel, uh, K-I-N-T-E-L-L. And Kintel is sort of trying to build a, a sort of almost like a mentor matching marketplace. Um, and they have a, a, a version of that just for UNSW people. They have a version of that that anyone can sign up to. Um, and so if you're looking for an expert on a particular topic, you can go to Kintel, you can type it in, and, and then a whole bunch of people will show up. So I think part of what you need to do as a startup founder is if you can put yourself in the place that you can ask the right question, I need to know more about X, how do I do Y? And then you sort of interact with your communities to see how you might be able to find the answer to that question. And that's really the value proposition of being part of somewhere like UNSW because we have a lot of people there that are actively trying to help startup founders make progress with their company. Absolutely. I think uh, these were some really key insights for a lot of people, including myself as well, David, to take forward because I also look for some new ideas, new insights to grow forward uh, with this uh, podcasting platform as uh, this is not just a podcast, but we aim to make it an all-in-one digital platform on trending international affairs. And we are moving forward into that direction. So I think those are some really key insights for me as well. And I will also get in touch with you um, to get some more ideas as to how I can grow this further. And I'm sure that people who must have heard you now or who will listen to you later on through uh, those short snippets shared on LinkedIn will definitely want to get in touch with you or some other people in the founders team so that 
they can understand and develop their ideas forward. Thank you so much, David, for joining us today. I hope to see you someday again. Thanks, Saurabh. Great to be with you. Cheers.